0: morning everybody my name is Alex Barthet I'm a board-certified construction lawyer here in Florida and today we're going to talk about the this one change order mistake I see clients make on a pretty regular basis uh, that they don't have to make Um, so let's get started and and dive into this topic so today I'm going to talk about what a change order is give you the brief definition um, what's missing from most change orders why it's so important that you add this one thing to your change orders. And then what are some of the best practices that we see clients employ in uh, dealing with their contracts and change orders? Um, So let's get started. What is a change order? A change order is a change to a contract and it typically addresses one of three things or all of these three things which is the scope of the work maybe you're adding work or reducing work uh, or materials dollars uh, maybe the contract price goes up or down Um, and or time there are other things that can be changed in a um, change order so you can add terms to a contract you can remove terms to a contract it is a document a change order is a document that changes pretty much anything that you want in the underlying contract. But again, the most common things are scope, dollars, and time. It can be written, but it also can be oral, uh, meaning that uh, you get a verbal directive to proceed uh, with a change. That is a valid change to a contract, depending on what your underlying contract says. Many contracts say that only written, signed change orders are valid. So if that's the case, be aware that if someone tells you to do something without a written change order, you may be uh, hard pressed to prove that it it is a valid change order. Um, You always would like to have it in writing because then it avoids any confusion later about what what parties uh, agree to um, as part of the change. So what is the one thing that we see missing from almost every change order that uh, comes across our desk? It is time. Um, It is rarely used and often ignored until it's too late, Uh, meaning that the job is already late and then when you try to add time to any change orders, they are typically not accepted. So what we typically see is people leaving the the time section in the change order either blank, which under the law generally means zero. Um, Sometimes they specifically write zero, or they say NA. In all three cases, it means no more time is added to the contract. Um, So why is this one thing, time, so critically important? Um, and why you should make a point of adding time every time you submit a change order. Um, I would argue it is the most valuable resource on the project. Uh, more valuable than the materials and the labor and the dollars. Um, and the reason is is that under no circumstances can you ever get it back. Um, so you need to make sure that you protect this resource. At the same time, You've signed a contract probably that requires you to do things within a certain amount of time. Um, So you have either either a specific amount of time to do something or a specific end date in which to complete things. Um, That date is not moving. So you need to move it uh, and the way you do that is by adding time in your change order. the reason it's so important to do it in the course of changes that may not otherwise need time is that it, it allows you to bank some time without the added pressure of the job already being late. So let me give you an example. Um, let's assume you're on a project and it's going to last three months, six months, uh, 18 months, um, and you start to get some change orders very early on in the course of the project. and though the time period on those change orders is zero. Um, But if you could add one day, three days, two days, and you can start banking some time. And and the reason that this is important is because you're going to get a lot less pushback um, when you do this at the beginning of the job, because the job is not late. So it's conceivable that you can bank uh, several days, if not Uh, a week or two with routine change orders that may be accepted. And I would suggest to you that if you looked carefully at many of the change orders that you are submitting, um, they inherently could add time to the scope of your work. Now, obviously I understand this requires that the contractor and the owner agree to the additional time. The point I'm trying to make is that If you do it very early on in the course of the job, it is much more likely to be approved than if you wait until the end of the job when the job is already late. Then you can almost assure that you are not gonna get uh, voluntary extensions of time when the press and and crush of getting all of the work done by this uh, date, and it may already be past due, um, is upon you. So keep that in mind, again, You should try to add time whenever you can a few days here and there will add up in the course of the entire job so what are some of the best practices that we see uh, our clients employ in dealing with this issue Um, so the first thing seems somewhat obvious and that is to make sure that you review and negotiate the change order language before you sign the contract Uh, i had a client come into my office uh, about a month ago and he sat down and he said, Alex, I'd like you to review this contract for me. Um, I said, sure. I look at the, the document It's already signed. I, I said, "More, you've already signed this document. He said, yeah, yeah, I know. I said, well, there's nothing I can do for you now. Uh, you know, you've already entered into the deal. Um, so review the contract and negotiate the terms of the contract before you sign it and pay special attention to the change order language. What is the process that um, this contract is gonna require that you follow in order to uh, obtain changes? Uh, Even if you can't make any changes, meaning you may propose changes that are rejected and you still do the job, you need to understand and have your team in the field understand what does it take to get a change order and are we following that procedure? So let me tell you what i see as the most common change order clauses in uh, owner to contractor and contractor to subcontractor uh, provisions what do they normally look like Um, generally they're broken up into two parts Uh, part one is the mutual agreement on the change order which is uh, you may you may propose to me uh, as the contractor owner a change order Um, or I may tell you uh, that I'd like you to do this change. You would then uh, generate a document that would indicate any changes in scope, price, and time, and you would provide that to me, and then I would sign it, and then you would start the work. Now, that is a pipe dream because it hardly ever happens that way. Much more often than not, the way it happens is that uh, you're told in the field or with an email or a set of clouded uh, sections of a drawing that this is the change, move forward, don't delay the job. Um, But understand that if you sign a contract and it says that before you do any changed work that you have a signed uh, change order uh, or that work will be considered done within your scope and at no additional cost, then you run the risk of not getting that change order approved and paid for if you don't follow the process, if you deviate from what the contract says. So keep that in mind. That's typically the first section where there's mutual agreement. The second section of most change order provisions uh, is what's called a change directive, which means I can tell you as the contractor or the subcontractor to do this change. And you agree that you're gonna keep segregated uh, time records and cost records Uh, and material delivery and um, invoices for this changed work and that we are going to agree that uh, it's going to be a change and then the cost is going to be your actual labor and materials plus maybe some agreed percentage um, or some other method of of calculating what you're entitled to. Um, The distinction between the first section where we have mutual agreement And the second where I'm telling you to do it and we're just going to agree on a price later is that the key to this process is that you have uh, segregated your records so that you know that I had five guys in the field doing just this work um, and I kept those records separate from the other 10 people that I had in the field doing uh, the base contract works. The problem is, is if you don't segregate your man hours by this change order time, either because they've designated it on their daily work logs um, or some other means to segregate it, then you won't be able to say at the end of the job, well, this change order work took uh, 87 hours and here's how I know because I've segregated the records. Otherwise, you'll just have all of your man hours and it'll just say, you know, 20 guys, eight hours a day and it will not discriminate what tasks they were doing uh, on each day, um, so you won't be able to put the records together to support this change directive. And, the, and that change directive paragraph is gonna go on to say that if you cannot prove via segregated uh, and detailed uh, records of the, the actual man hours and labor and material costs for this change, then it doesn't constitute a change. So be aware that those that's typically the way it works and you need to have your team understand that's the way it works so that you can follow the rules and get paid. Alternatively, if you have some other process that you want to employ in how to deal with change orders, then you need to negotiate that into your contract. The other thing you should consider doing is adding what I would call a stop work provision in your contract. Um, The scenario that you have to watch out for is that most contracts say that under no circumstances can you stop work even if we have a dispute, even if I haven't paid you, uh, even if we don't agree on the scope of the work and the changes, you have to follow the dispute resolution process. You cannot stop the work, which means that you every day, uh, every week, you're paying your labor. On the 10th of the month, you have to pay for your materials. So all of this money is going out, and you may not be getting enough money coming in. That's, the, that's a recipe for disaster. So... Uh, one of the things you could try to add is a stop work provision and it could read something like this and and there are many variations of this this is just uh, one to uh, maybe start the negotiations off with subcontractor may slow or stop work without liability or penalty if it has not been paid its draw request within 30 days of submission to the contractor so it doesn't say that uh, that you don't have to do the work it just says that if i'm not getting paid I shouldn't have to keep working, um, so it, it stops the bleeding. Um, maybe 30 days is, you know, they negotiate that to 90 days. As long as you have the right to stop working if you're not getting paid, that's the goal. That's what you're, that's what you're looking to add into your contract. Because I'm, I'm here to tell you, if a owner hands you a contract or a general contractor hands you a contract, much more likely than not, um, you will not have the right to stop working. And know that if you signed it. You need to live by it. So uh, it's hard to complain about what's happening on a job if at the end of the day, um, while it may be unfair, it still may be within the confines of the contract that you signed. It's critical that you document everything that's happening on the job. If people are slowing you down, uh, maybe you're the drywall contractor, uh, or let's say you're the electrician, and you can't do your rough-in because the framing and drywall uh isn't done um what evidence do you have of that are you making comments at the weekly meetings um that are being notated in the meeting minutes are you sending emails highlighting those issues do your daily job uh uh, do your daily reports show that that these issues are impacting your work are you taking photos of the areas that are impacting your work if you're not doing those things Um, What happens is that when it comes time to close out the job and a dispute uh, May arise you don't have the backup to support your position of why you ended up Where you are on the job and then finally which is the uh, What we talked about earlier always try to add time to, to change orders a day here a day there It will definitely add up in your favor We have an app that you can download uh, that'll help you calculate your notice to owner and lien deadlines. Um, if you take out your phone and turn on your camera and shine it on either of those QR codes, uh, the iPhone is on the left, the uh, Android is on the right, or you can go to the App Store and search the lien zone, you can download the app that will calculate uh, the 45 and 90 days for you. Um,